and welcome to the AfterSpark Podcast, an episode-by-episode recap of the Generation 1 Transformers cartoon. I'm Els. And I'm Spex. And today we're going to be talking about episode number 69, The Five Faces of Darkness, part four. We're getting there. (laughs) Oh god. Let's talk about giant robots today, shall we? (laughs) Will this, will this multi-parter ever be over? (laughs) Will the, must the trial continue? But, uh, last time on the Transformers. The Quintessens blew up their own planet and upon failing to kill Roddy and company realized they must team up with the Decepticons for reasons known only to themselves and Primus. The enemy of my enemy is my ally or enemy or something? <laughs> they then recruit the bulk of the Decepticons by bribing them with food. Minus Blitzwing, who has... Standards, or possibly species memory. Blur and Wheelie were on an interstellar delivery duty uh, before being shot down over one of Jupiter's moons, Io, by Galvatron. We start as we ended with the previous episode. Roddy's group, consisting of himself, Ultra Magnus, Cup, RC, Springer, Grimlock, the Aerial Bots, and a Quintesson prisoner, uh, being attacked by the newly allied Quintessons and most of the Decepticons. And... A surprise slug who is otherwise not appearing in this episode. <laughs> Ultra Magnus takes issues with Roddy's attitude or lack of concern for their current situation. Uh, Roddy proceeds to deflect with a joke. I stand by that this bot is not in a good place, you guys. <laughs> he's trying to he's trying to deal with things as as best he can. The Quintessen prisoner starts cheering on the destruction of the Autobots before getting knocked over by Grimlock and told to uh, shut his faces. Help, I've fallen and can't get up. <laughs> Dude has no legs. Of course he can't. Galvatron shows up, having taken issue with these home wreckers and his cheating subordinates. <laughs> he orders Cyclonus Scourge and the Sweeps to attack everyone! <laughs> After shooting Cyclonus in the face, Cyclonus sweetie, you are in a bad relationship. We are going to freaking stage an intervention, buddy. We really need to work on your sense of self-worth. Most of the Decepticons uh, get with the program and pledge themselves back to Galvatron to spare basically themselves from his wrath. Except Swindle, who I'm shocked didn't get his face blown off when he asked what Galvatron was going to give them that the Quintessons didn't. Swindle is apparently always up for Trying to bargain. Apparently. The Decepticon attack, having been stopped for the moment, the Autobots' attention is now elsewhere. Chancing upon some kind of communication device, Rodimus and Ultra Magnus are able to contact Rekgar, who warns them of impending doom. And charming Rekgar speak, of course. But it's okay! Roddy speaks TV! And he's able to ask Rekgar for help. We need personalized service with friendly, convenient payment terms. I love it. I mean, I wish we knew more about how these guys are funding themselves, but okay. Not getting any answers. Marissa arrives at Io, quickly finding Wheelie and Blur, who are being harassed by alien bats. Ah, yes. The famous bats of Io. At least they're not Dracula. Why would Dracula be on Io? <laughs> well, just imagine if there was alien Dracula on Io. This- there's so much stupid stuff happening in this I cartoon. I can't even argue with you, really. <laughs> that wouldn't even be the weirdest thing that's happened up until this point. <laughs> I mean, there's been dragons. 
Yeah, yeah, vampires are just as likely. <laughs> she expresses confusion and consternation when Blur runs back into the bats to save Wheelie. My digital watch is smarter than that! Marissa enters the fray herself, shooting down the bats. Unfortunately, Blur and Wheelie are a bit slow on the uptake, and the bats blow up her spaceship. <laughs> because, for reasons, they turn into missiles, because apparently they transform. Why not? Um, can I just take a moment to say, Marissa is hilarious. Wheelie and Blur just immediately start taking orders from her, because she is just so on the ball. Also, she tells them, and I quote, If you're going to panic, panic productively! <laughs> Meanwhile, Galvatron gets the Quintessens' attention by blasting into their ship. The Quintessens realize they need to negotiate. They're gonna lie. That's their plan. So much lying. <laughs> Galvatron beats up the Quintessens a bit because it's fucking Galvatron, who now attempt to placate him with information about the Decepticon Matrix of Leadership. Because if the Autobots have one, the Decepticons gotta have a better one. Okay? <laughs> with Blackjack and Hookers. <laughs> And Energon. So much Energon. <sighs> Roddy and Ultra Magnus exit the building or whatever the heck they were in, and the Decepticons begin firing on the Autobots again. Luckily for them, the Junkions arrive just in time to pull all their asses out of the goo, because they're still on the goo planet. <laughs> <sighs> so much goo. Galvatron is angry that his quarry has escaped and begins taking it out of his frustration by completely... Uh, obliterating this weird goo planet and destroying whatever local ecosystem there is, probably. Galvatron then confronts the Quintessens, blaming them for losing the Autobots. They manipulate him into going after the Autobots and the humans. On Junkion, our helpful inhabitants managed to put Springer back together, who, if you remember in the previous episode, had gotten disassembled. Um, so, you know, there's that. <laughs> he went all to pieces. And I mean, why are the Autobots surprised that they were able to put him back together? We see, we saw that happen with Ultra Magnus in the movie. They really should have just brought Optimus's body to Junkion at the end of the movie. I mean, would it have just been too awkward for everyone at this point? Well, they can't bring back soul specs. They're not necromancers. They can just put shattered bodies back together. <laughs> I don't know. We haven't... We didn't see them try. <laughs> Considering what happens later in the series... Who the fuck knows? Roddy is not super enthused about this because he's too busy being worried about the Quintessence. Rodimus, having realized that answers might lie in the Matrix. RC and Springer leave him to be for the moment. Springer say he won't do anything rash. Oh boy, but he does immediately do something rash. That's on you, Springer. <laughs> Disconnecting some pieces in his chest to knock himself unconscious and enter the Matrix. It's time for him to access... The cloud. This seems extremely inconvenient. Y'all need a better interface. <laughs> Honestly, the fact that he can knock himself unconscious just by disconnecting some bits in his chest makes the entire thing just so fucking weird. <laughs> it makes it weirder. You know, weirder than going into this orb that collects souls of your dead leaders. <laughs> yes, but how do you not end up with people just randomly accessing this when someone hits them in the in the chest. I mean, they're <laughs> all happy. God. So, some weird fucker with a beard pops up, which is honestly kind of an odd look for a giant robot, but then again, we've seen um, Alpha Trion before. And Roddy journeys into the distant past! Uh, metaphorically, or mentally, or whatever. He's on an acid trip, guys. Maybe. 
Rodimus gets to learn that, surprise, your entire race was built as a product. You're a commodity. (laughs) (laughs) Art imitates life. (laughs) Uh, This brings a load of weirdness to this series that I don't think we ever, I don't think ever got addressed. (laughs) Or appreciated. (laughs) We get the origin of the Autobots and the Decepticons as two separate product lines. The Autobots were consumer goods, and the Decepticons were basically military hardware. Or the equivalent of, you know, a shotgun, perhaps, or, I don't know, one of those heavy-duty rifles that we really wish people, civilians, couldn't buy. And who built them, you may ask? Why, the Quintessens, of course. (laughs) Eventually, the Quintessens endowed their creations with a simulated intelligence, allowing them to manufacture themselves. This is why in some continuities there will have been like a past war with the Quintessens for the Cybertronians to gain their freedom. Mm-hmm. You don't see it carried forward in a lot of them, but it does pop up sometimes. Yeah. The Quintessens also use their robots for entertainment, pitting them against each other in gladiatorial combat. But their creations had developed emotions and eventually rebelled against their cruel masters. Because slavery is wrong and immoral, guys. And they don't quite address this. Ugh, God. The Quintessens fled, and the robots existed in peace for a time until the military-grade robots wanted conquest. They wanted a purpose in life. (laughs) I mean, to be fair, it is what they were built for, but uh, the Autobots, unable to best the Decepticons in combat, developed the art of stealth. And deception. (laughs) And that is irony. Are you seriously going to tell me that Soundwave, like, isn't a consumer good? It was a light post. And then a boombox. Obviously, the Decepticons learned stealth and, or, you know, how to transform eventually. <laughs> learned and decided to do it better than the Autobots. We're taking the name. The slew of former Matrix owners that are acting as narrators for Roddy give us a completely different origin story for the Constructicons, being that they built Megatron, which makes zero sense and brings our possible origin stories for the Constructicons up to three. The Constructicons' origin stories are just a weird-ass matryoshka doll that never ends, I guess. God. The first being that they were built on Earth, arguably. They may have just given them bodies there, similar to what Starscream did with the Combaticons. And then second, that they were originally friends with Omega Supreme and then turned evil later by Megatron, which... This one could fit with the first if it's the whole just-gave-them-bodies thing. But doesn't really make sense for the second, because Megatron made them evil, supposedly. Yeah. And then this one, where they built Megatron. What's the truth? Who the hell knows? (laughs) Yeah. We come to our last narrator, being Optimus Prime, conveying the transfer of the Matrix from Alpha Trion to Orion Pax. After a brief conversation with Optimus, Rodimus awakens to a very worried Springer, who then calls Roddy a moron. Which is fair. It's very fair. Now understanding that Quintessens are seeking revenge and to get their, what they perceive as their property back, uh, the Autobots head back to Cybertron. Meanwhile, the Decepticons have been very busy on Earth. Apparently converting an existing human city into a city former of their own. This is Trypticon, and we're just going to ignore that Ova we did a few episodes back because 
we just sort of have to assume this is his actual first in-universe appearance. Anyway, he is objectively 90% cooler than Metroplex because he turns into a motherfucking dinosaur. <laughs> I'd ask how no one in the city noticed that it was being converted into a giant robot, but... Uh... People are dumb in this universe. Yeah, and I mean, the whole City of Steel episode showed what the hell giant robots can apparently do to a city with no humans noticing, so I guess this isn't too far-fetched. He transforms into dinosaur mode, wrecking the remaining surrounding city in the process. On Cybertron, the Decepticons arrive with a fleet of quintessence ships and begin a full-on attack. So, join us next time for the conclusion of this five-part season opener, the end is near. <laughs> oh, thank God. Some additional things about this episode. There was just a ton of non-existent characters, miscolored characters, or blatantly incorrect characters in the background of a ton of shots. We just didn't point it out every time because it happened so frequently. Aside from the slug thing, which yeah. was just funny. Um, weirdly enough, though, like, especially compared to the previous episode we did, this one had a lot of fun dialogue, and I actually enjoyed watching it. And, like, oh, God, part three was just Ugh. super dull. Yeah. It was like watching paint dry. This one rated high, on the other hand, as this five-parter goes, on just how sheerly entertaining those lines were. So, Owls has our fanfic recommendations for today, if you will take it away. Sure. So our first one is Our Lives Carry On by Damn That Gecko. <laughs> Great username. <laughs> yep. Our continuity is IDW. It's G. It is Slash. Uh, our pairings are Minimus, Ambus, and Megatron, and Chrome Dome, and Rewind. Our characters are Rewind, Minimus, Ambus, Chrome Dome, and Megatron. In summary, Megatron writes his biography before the end. Rewind publishes it afterwards. Life carries on. It's a one-shot, and I... the. Rack for this is Megatron's legacy, since he's dead in the series. Mm -hmm. And then the second one is called My Beloved, My Spark. The author is Lost Chance 2, uh, T.O. The continuity is IDW. It's rated G. It is Slash. Our pairing are Cyclonus and Tailgates, who are also our characters, along with Rodimus. In summary, we have snapshots of Cyclonus and Tailgates' honeymoon. It's a one-shot, sh short and sweet, and... Uh, this was based on, oh, hey, Cyclonus is relevant in this season. Here, here, have some Cyclonus fix. Well, this treats Cyclonus better than the whole getting shot in the face by Galvatron in this episode. Cyclonus deserves nice things like a tiny little uh, husband who will fight the moon. Yes. <laughs> and our fan artist for today is also a legit artist. Um, Sarah Picher Duacher. Yeah, you said it better than I did I last time. I thought it was Sarah Petra Dorshow. I have no idea. I could be completely off. She does a variety of stuff, but obviously she's well known for doing IDW stuff because she was one of the legit artists on the first IDW comic series. We're going to post links for her cover of the Transformers Historia, which is probably one of my favorite um, like works that I, I've seen from her because I just... It is a very, very nice cover. It's it's pretty. It has a lot of characters. And I really enjoy that. Um, and then she just has some really cute, like, chibi star screams. Mm -hmm. um, one of them is a <laughs> sleepy screamer in his little jet bed. And it's adorable. He's got a little nightcap. Yeah, it's cute. And actually, I think the bed might be based off of... Well, the bed looks like it's based off his alt mode or maybe... Guy, Guy fire. That's 
But yeah, no, it's probably based off his alt mode, like you said. Because oh. I don't think Skyfire has that red nose. No, he's white. Yeah. <laughs> if you'll see, if you'll see Exhibit A or the, the model right up there, he's he, got more white on him. Yes, that's true. But it's just it's cute that the little side table is one of the wings. Oh my god, I didn't even notice that. And like adorable. the same with the little step up thing as the other wing. Yeah, no, it's a cute idea. Like it uh, reminds me of those little kid beds that are yes. basically um, cars. race cars. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, and then. The other one is a uh, little Starscream swimming with a little, like, inflatable tube. Like, he's just pushing himself along with his thrusters with <laughs> splashes. Yeah, he looks very happy. Um, so, yeah, highly recommend. They're adorable. And, obviously, I think their IDW stuff's a lot less cartoony, but I, I think it's really well rendered. Like, um, they tend... It goes back to that weird balance you need to have as Transformers artists where, like, they have to look expressive, but still, like, they're made out of solid bits, you know? So I like the mix that uh, this artist does. Mm -hmm. And that just about wraps it up for us today. Remember to check us out on Tumblr or Pillowfort as AfterSpark-Podcast for any additional information, show notes, or links we may have mentioned. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter at AfterSparkPod, all one word, and various other locations by searching for AfterSpark Podcast such as AO3, iTunes, Spotify, and YouTube, just to name a few. And feel free to send us questions on Tumblr, YouTube, or AO3. Till next time, I'm Spex. And I'm Alice. Toodles! Things you spend your money on or whatever that make you happy. And the guy was like, I like socks. Socks are good. And the guy was like, private jets and the the voice actress reply is i voice a duck on a cartoon dude <laughs> <laughs>